My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. If you still believe in miracles and you still believe that God's been faithful even in a time of crisis, I want you to lift your hand. I want you to lift your voice in your homes and praise and glorify the name of Jesus. God has been so good. He has kept us. He has never failed us. He will not fail us in this hour. And I'm so thankful for that truth. Good morning. And thank you for joining us today. I think it's important, church, that we comply with our government's request to quarantine for another two weeks. So hopefully the target is, and hopefully we'll hit that target, that we'll be back in the sanctuary Easter Sunday morning, and that's the goal, and it may change, so please stay tuned. Also, please remember to give. Giving is a part of our worship. You can give online by going to firstpent.org, and our office will be open Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And tonight, we're going to have Brother Brian Parkey ministering to us, so Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a tremendous time tonight. So be encouraged. Stay strong. Keep the faith. Walk in the truth and rejoice in the Lord. And remember to do your daily devotion. And we'll be back again here on Wednesday night. I'll be preaching Wednesday night. And we will have a great time Wednesday night as well. Now for the word of God. And if you have your Bibles, and certainly since you're home, you should have a Bible somewhere. You ought to be able to get it and uh, find Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. And the Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Now what Paul is saying in this text is you can't get frustrated because there are things in life you can't change. We can't change what's happening at this time. And we have to accept things as they are. And there's no reason for us to get frustrated. And here's the reason he can say that. For he hath said, referring to God, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do Unto me. Now, when Isaiah declared in the Old Testament that God, in his covenant relationship with his people, would make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, surely he had to have this magnificent truth in mind. Eight powerful words of pure divine essence, God-breathed words. They've never been duplicated by any other religion. No other religion makes such a promise. 
And Paul's quoting the Old Testament when he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus made that promise to his disciples and Paul declares that promise and that promise still is in effect today. It is the very heart of relationship. It is our hope and consolation. And I might also add, it is our soul of delight. It is the delight of my heart and my spirit. These eight words are heavenly manna, spiritual food that you can feast on to make you strong. And if you take these eight words, especially if you're going through a crisis, you can extract honey from the carcass of this crisis, like Samson extracted honey from the carcass of the lion after he slew it. You can get a sweetness that is not equal anywhere in the universe. Just think about it. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Now, in the original language that the Bible was written in, this text has five negatives. And it doesn't translate well into the English. In our language, two negatives together is a little bit complicated and it doesn't really communicate well. But in the Greek, it's different. God was trying to convince his people that he would never even think about forsaking us. It reads like this if I were to read it in the original. I will not, 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 no, never forsake my people. That's how emphatic God is. And you can't help but believe it whenever he gets finished with those negatives. God wanted to make sure that you knew how serious he was in keeping this promise. He will never forsake you or leave you to perish. He will come and save you. Now, my text comes from a 17th century songwriter who wrote this song to honor this text. He said, the soul that on Jesus has learned to lean for refuge. I will not, I will not desert him to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. And so my text is never, no, never, no, never. Paul was quoting from the Old Testament and it's not a new thought, it's an old truth that's been rediscovered. And we know that Jesus spoke these words to his disciples right before his ascension into heaven. Paul doesn't need to give us a new promise. And especially when you're going through a tough time, you want one of those old promises that's been tried and true that has never failed or never, has never gone away. I want that truth that has gone through the fire and the fire couldn't burn it a tried and true word. And there's nothing better than God's word. There's nothing better than the very best. And the very best is that God said he would be with us. Now, what I find remarkable is that Paul applies this Old Testament promise to us those words were spoken to ancient prophets and men of God, but yet he didn't just speak it to them. He spoke it to us. So when you pray the word, you can pray with confidence. And now you've got new understanding after this message that even though God promised this to Jacob, it was not restricted to Jacob. This promise belongs to all those who are like Jacob who can wrestle in prayer and say, God, I speak this promise over my family. I speak this promise over my finances. I speak this promise over our church. 
He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. Consider when Jacob falls asleep with his head on, the, on a stone for a pillow. In his dream, he sees a ladder reaching from earth to heaven. And at the top of it stands the Almighty who makes a covenant with him. And among the other covenant promises is this. Behold, I am with you and will keep you in all the places whither thou goest. I will bring you again into this land. I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. Now, now church, God's given us a lot of promises this year. We've heard it prophetically declared. And I believe God's not going to leave us until every single one of those promises are fulfilled. I know we've got trials. Jacob had a lot of trials. Some of them were of his own making. In this particular trial, we didn't make this. This has just happened. It's just the, the providence or it's just the, the fortune of God. That's what the Lord has done. But God said, I'm going to give you resources and connect you to all of the riches you need to make it through your journey, even though it goes through some very tough times. And I believe that promise is still true. Every promise that God has given us, he is going to fulfill. And I declare it in Jesus' name. And then the second time we find it in the Bible is in Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. Moses speaks first to the children of Israel. And he says this, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them that is of the Canaanites. For the Lord thy God, he, he, he goes with you. He will not fail you and he will not forsake you. And then he gives the same promise to Joshua and says, the Lord, he's, he's with you. He's going to never fail you. He's never going to forsake you. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Then he repeats it again in Joshua 1.5. And he says it again, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Why? Because he knew that Joshua was going to face more powerful enemies than what he had military resource to, to meet. He knew that he was meeting a, a problem that he couldn't solve on his own without supernatural help. But God said, don't you be dismayed. Even though you can't fix what's going wrong, God's going to be with us and he's not going to leave us, nor is he going to forsake us. That promise belongs to us because Jesus brought it into the New Testament. He said, I'm going to be with you always even to the end of the age. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What a powerful promise. And then in another passage from which Paul may have quoted in 1 Chronicles 28 and 20, where David says to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. That is, build the temple. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. He's not gonna fail you. He's not gonna forsake you. You are going to finish all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. And I believe that God's promising it to us. We're going to finish what God has put in our hearts to begin. He's not done with his people yet. The revival is not over with yet. God's still working and God has still promised it to us. And his promises are true and faithful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep a rejoicing spirit. I'm going to keep on declaring it because I believe that if the Holy Ghost gets a hold of these words, now if I just say it, it's not going to mean that much. But if the Holy Ghost anoints it today 
and the Spirit of the Lord takes this word and brings it to your heart. Watch out. God's about to do something. Everything he's prophesied for this year is going to come to pass in a dimension we've never seen before because these are God's own words, and he's speaking about himself. I will not leave you. It's not a promise of deliverance. It's not a promise to get out of trouble. It's not a promise of mercies granted by a gracious God. It's, he's talking about himself. He said, I will be there with you. That's better than a promise because you got the promise maker. That's better than a miracle. You got the miracle worker. That's better than healing because you've got the healer in your life. And if you have him, that's infinitely greater than just simply a promise. Oh, I'll send my ambassador or I'll always have somebody around you or you'll always have somebody in your life. He said, I'll be there. I'll be with you. I feel a holy anointing coming on these words right now. Because if I just say them, they're not enough. And I recognize that. But if God will infuse them with power and anointing, it ensures us he is going to help us. He is going to be with us. You will never walk alone. You'll never hurt alone. You'll never suffer alone. You'll never work alone. It's a double promise and it's double sweet if you'll receive it. This promise keeps us even during the most terrible calamity. And that means simply, there is no calamity that can come upon us. There's no trouble that can happen in our life that this promise will not keep us through it all. And I think that's very good for us to know because we're not forsaken. It's God who said it. That secures for us the best, the richest possible blessing ever to have God with us. I mean, there's just nothing better than that. I can sense his presence even now. And church, I can't even describe it, but I've had such a perfect peace about what the Lord is doing. I believe that God is doing something and we need to trust him that he knows exactly what he's doing. And this is a promise that only God can give. You know, spouses may promise to never leave you. I just celebrated 44 years with my special lady Sister Lynette, she's so beautiful. She's still just as beautiful now as when I first married her. She's just gorgeous. And, and I, I could say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I, I can't keep that promise because something could happen could take me away. There are viruses out there. There are things that can bump you off. And so I can't keep that promise. Mothers may promise their babies to always be there, but they can't even keep that promise. Mamas, as, as sincere as they are about that promise, they can't keep that promise uh, on their own. Friends may say it, family may say it, but church, when God says it, there is no devil in hell that can keep that word from coming to pass. That's a choice promise against every trouble. I don't know what trouble may come as a result of all of this into your personal life. You might suffer loss. You might become a victim of cruel slander. You might have to endure great pain or a broken heart, but he will never leave us. And I know, have you ever looked for helpers and all you found around you were opponents? Well, let us press onward because everybody goes through that time. And you, you look for somebody to encourage you and you can't find a word nowhere. You can't even find a word in a book. Every book you pick up says it's your fault. 
And there's nothing. You might be like the last rose of summer or the last leaf on a tree that falls in autumn. But the Bible says, he said, he would never leave me nor forsake me. How? Therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. I hope you're feeling the Holy Ghost in your home right now. I hope these words are finding a home in your heart with faith. The Lord of hosts is with us. There is no reason for us to fear. I know of no danger, no trouble, no difficulty through which and out of which He will carry us because God has given us the courage to be able to. Now, now here's something that you need to recognize in the text. Not only did God speak this, but then he gave you permission to go around and boldly declare it. It's one thing for God to tell you in secret, say, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody because I don't want anybody to get upset that I'm with you and I may not be with them. I don't want I don't want that. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying you can boldly say it. That means you can say it with confidence and assurance. You can say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying preach it to yourself. And that's what you've got to do. You got to take the word. You know, some so many times we've come to church and we've taken it for granted, haven't we? We've taken church for granted. And I believe we've got a whole new meaning to that scripture. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Everybody's going to be rejoicing when we finally do get back in here. But we've heard the preaching and, and basically we've judged the preaching by how entertaining it is to us. And now it, we've lost all of that quality that, that completely has been obliterated by this situation. And so you can't, you can't be entertained by this sitting at home in your pajamas and, and hearing the word of God. But you've got to learn to quit just hearing what is preached and start preaching what you hear to yourself. You need to pray this over yourself because fear is a curse. It has torment. But faith is a blessing and faith has comfort. I say, church, don't be afraid of opposition. Don't be afraid of persecution. Don't be afraid of all the remarks you're going to hear about the church here and there. Don't be afraid of a cold shoulder. Don't be afraid of innuendos or slanders. Press on towards victory. And God is going to strengthen us to reach it. Though there are a thousand influences that try to make you fall, turn you into a coward, or cause you to sell out your principles, I say don't do it. Our fathers would have died rather than give up this apostolic message. Our ancestors fought for this truth on blood-soaked fields all over the world. We fight not with carnal weapons against flesh and blood, but we fight by the power and by the spirit and by the grace of God. And with this promise, I take a hold today of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with a brave heart, and strong faith, I stand fast for the truth of Acts 2.38 and Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
So we're going to stand till the end on this truth. And that truth is going to win the day. And victory is going to be won by the captain of our salvation. So I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to stay strong. And I'm going to keep the faith. Brother Bobby Wade called me this week and said he had a dream and wanted to check it with me to see whether or not I felt like it was in the Holy Ghost. And I told him most definitely it was. Generally, I don't put a lot of stock in dreams, but this time I could feel resonating in my spirit a witness in the Holy Ghost that what he said was true. He said he'd been reading in Exodus 23, 28 through 30 about the swarm of hornets producing Israel's victory and helping them. It's one of the aspects of what God used to help Israel gain the promise and acquire the harvest. He said, last night the Lord gave me a dream where I was walking in and among the trees. I noticed the nests, while not large, were positioned on the corners of the trees. And I looked down and I had a can of hornet spray. That's a good thing to have when you walk into a hornet's nest. He said, I started to spray the nest, but before I did, I received a check in my spirit. It was then the Lord, I believe, gave me the revelation that I was going to learn not how to kill hornets, but how to harvest among the hornets. It was then that I realized, God told Israel that I will send the hornets among you to drive out the enemy. He said, I'll not do it in a year, but we'll do it little by little until they, until they inhabit the land. Even though we have power over the hornet and we can kill the hornet, in this season, we have to remember they have the same power to sting us as they do the enemy. I always thought that the hornets don't pollinate. However, upon further study and research, I discovered they do and twice as fast as honeybees. Yes, they drive out the enemy, but the same time they're driving out the enemy, they're pollinating for a future harvest. And I, man, I felt the Holy Ghost come on me. He said, the church cannot get focused on the pandemic. We must turn our attention towards the harvest. The pandemic is among us, but it's not designed to get our focus. Do, don't let the lockdown preoccupy you. That's the hornet. That's not the harvest. Don't let the numbers preoccupy your mind. That's the hornet, not the harvest. He said, God sent this hornet in order to stir up the harvest. And I speak it in the name of Jesus. Now, while I was reading in my daily devotion, and I close with this, Deuteronomy 21 through 4, and something happened here in my spirit. And when Uncle Bobby called me and gave me that word, I said, I'm going to put that word, and then I'm going to do this as my final word tonight, today. It says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou. And a lot of times you face stuff that's bigger than you are, greater than you are, and more powerful than you are. And that's where we're at. He said, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Now that's kind of what we're preaching. Preach it to yourself. Unto me. So you got to preach it to yourself. But then... He says, when you come nigh to the battle, before you go to the battle, the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. Now, all of you wonderful men of our church, you are the priest of your home. 
I know Jesus is the high priest and I'm the priest under him in the sanctuary. But the priest shall say, you got to know what to say. So you say, well, I don't know how to preach this to myself. Okay, I'm going to give you how to preach it to yourself. I'm going to show you what the Bible says to say and say, hear, O Israel. You can go ahead and be real about what's going on. You approach this day under battle against your enemies. It's all right to say that. We got a virus that shut us down and we can't have church in this sanctuary. We're having church in our home. We're, we're expanding our horizon for sure. And yes, I'd rather be in the sanctuary and I'd rather have you here because I believe that's a part of God's purpose and a part of God's word. And I definitely want to fulfill that. And I know that you want to fulfill that. But he said, there comes a time when the battle is bigger than you are. Let not your hearts faint. Men, I want you to speak this to your families right now. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. <laughs> and here it is, verse 4. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you. And he's going to fight against your enemies. And he's going to save you. Hallelujah. You need to say it and preach it to yourself and to your family. Brethren, priests, you need to step out in this day when everybody else is scared to death. You need to speak this confident word. Say, well, how can I say that? What, what do I stand on? You stand on what God's already said to Jacob, what God said to Joshua, what God said to David. We're going to finish the work. I'm going to do everything I've promised in your life. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to save you, and I'm going to fight for you. And so we're not terrified. We're going to take the leadership. And we're going to advance the church in this time. Never, no, never, no, never will God forsake you. Now, I don't know who's with you in your home. I don't know who you've been speaking to about all of this. Maybe somebody's heart has been stirred. and You have them with you there. And you can begin to pray with them to receive the Holy Ghost. Perhaps you need a renewing. Wouldn't hurt if everybody in our church in your home would begin to speak with other tongues and be refreshed in the Holy Ghost and allow that prayer language to flow out of you to renew your relationship and your connection with the Holy Ghost and fire and power. And you could do that right now. So I want us, before we do that, I want us to repent. I want us to go through that tabernacle process, through that uh, prayer, the Lord's prayer process. We're going to repent. We're going to ask the Lord to be with us. So I want everybody that is here in the sanctuary, all three of you, to bow your head. And I want all of you that are in the homes, I want you to bow your head and we're going to repent together. Father, I ask that you would heal us in our iniquities, that you would redeem us from our sins. And when we have been negligent and when we have been complacent, God, forgive us. When we have not always obeyed your voice, 
Forgive us, Lord. We invite you to cleanse us by the power of your blood. Stain from our lives that we might be pleasing in your sight, that we might walk before you according to your word and according to your truth. Lift up your voice, church, and repent and ask God to cleanse you and to wash you by the power of his blood. Now I want you to lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost flow through you and let that heavenly language flow from your lips as you renew your relationship with God. And if someone is with you that needs to be prayed back through or needs the Holy Ghost for the first time, pray with them right now that they would receive it. In the name of Jesus, I ask that they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that the Spirit of the Lord would fall upon our people everywhere and give them the assurance of this word. And it wouldn't just be the voice of a preacher, but it, he has said, I will not leave you. God has said, I will not forsake you. God's declared it, therefore I boldly preach it and I boldly say it because I'm standing on something solid, the word of God. Let your spirit take this word. Let us be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Let the spirit of the Lord flow through our homes and our people. We are the people of God, regardless of where we congregate. We are God's people, and we are God's chosen generation, and we are a holy nation and a royal priesthood. In Jesus' name. Remember that we are open to baptize anyone, anyone that has seen this live broadcast. You want to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. You may do so. You can come to the church that is permissible and we want to baptize you in Jesus' name. So please remember that almost 60,000 people have viewed our live stream broadcasts almost 60,000 from over 40 states and almost 20 countries around the world. So just think about it. Even though we haven't been able to come to the sanctuary, God is doing a work and people are receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's rejoice in that. Let's rejoice in what we can, but do not be frustrated today and let that frustration take you down. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God bless you. I love you. Be safe. And we'll see you again tonight at 6 p.m. for Brother Brian Parkey. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.